the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, welcome to the Mess It Up Podcast. I am your host, the Bowtie Guy. We are here once again doing this whole Mess It Up Podcast thing. I want to give a quick shout out to, I, I'm, I hope that I don't mess up the name, but I think it's Davina. Um, that uh, is a new Patreon. It just got this right when I came on, so I was like, I'm going to give a shout out. I don't always do that, but yeah, who knows? Maybe you too can become a patron and uh, get a shout out on the show. Uh, it's really super easy. For as little as a dollar a month, you can sponsor the show. And what that does is that helps pay for the messed up ministry to go do things with prison uh, inmates, with their families. We're going to be getting Bibles and materials to take into the prisons. And keeping this show on the air, you know, it costs money for um, hosting and bandwidth and all that kind of stuff. So we really appreciate our patrons like Davina uh, for doing that. You go to themessituppodcast.com, click on Become a Patron, and it'll give you all the information you need to know. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on uh, Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on MySpace. We're on Reddit. We're all over the place on social media. So go find us and join in the conversation. You can send me an email if you want to. It's bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. If you want to talk to intern Dave out in Hawaii, that's info at messituppodcast.com. And if you're bored, you want to talk, or you just want to send me a text, 760-608-1942 is my uh, phone number. So you can uh, get a hold of me that way. There's no excuse for not getting a hold of the show. There's no excuse for you being sad and lonely. Give me a call. We can be sad and lonely together. Uh, and, and maybe I will give my guest phone number out later. No. Nope. She said no. Nope. <laughs> well, I kind of figured she would. You might recognize that voice. I brought back Pastor Heather to uh, come talk on the show today. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Um, so this is something that I've wanted to talk to you about for quite a while, and we just haven't. I've talked to you about it, but I haven't talked to you on the show about it. Uh, about oh, a year and a few months ago, you went to Turkey. You like dodged in right before right pandemic. Before yeah. Uh, when did you go? The last week of February. Last week of February in 2020. Yeah. And were there murmurings uh, in Europe about diseases and traveling and no. masking or anything like Not that? Not at that time. Okay. So you went over with uh, a group, uh, mission group to go and what were you doing uh, in Turkey? Um, so a group of pastors were invited to go over to Turkey to spearhead a project for Assemblies of God, okay. which was the Exodus Project. And, and the whole thing was for us to go over there and see how we can help um, all of the refugees that were coming from all over the Middle East into Turkey because... They had no other options. They're fleeing from their countries, which were in, in disarray and bombings, and their own governments were killing them, so they're fleeing. So they flee to Turkey um, to get on a boat and try to flee over the ocean, right? So uh, and it, now, are, is it is Turkey a jumping-off point for to get into Europe, or are yes. they, it's the ocean and they can get in the Mediterranean and then go North America, South America, yeah. somewhere else? A lot of them were hopping over to Greece and Italy. Um, but the thing is, is by the time they get into Turkey, they don't have any money. So, like, we're talking millions of people, and millions these of refugees. Are is this predominantly? And I know there's no hard and fast rules, but the majority of them are they going to be Middle Eastern, 
countries yeah. or are we coming from Eastern Europe no, and all, uh, Asia? Almost all Middle Eastern. All Middle Eastern. Yeah. Coming Iran, from Pakistan. Islamic everywhere. countries. Yes. Now, are these Islamic refugees, Christian refugees, a little of everything? 99.9% of them are Muslim. Okay. And um, the flight is just, I mean, it's just so much chaos and mayhem there. It's just they want to go and find somewhere safer right. to be. Yeah. And so literally the border of Turkey up against their surrounding countries is a battlefield. Yeah. So you have the Turkish police and the Turkey army defending their borders and trying to help the refugees trying to cross over. But then you also have the other side bombing at the border trying to keep their people in. Right. Like, yeah, it's a mess. And these people, um, I, my guess would be they're not coming in in vehicles and it's basically mm. walking with a suitcase yeah. and my family and... Most of them are just some, you know, what they have on their back and they're yeah. in. Uh, families by and large or... A lot of families, yes. Yeah. So um, were you there at the border or were you just looking at the, the situation? Did you see any of the refugees? Yes. And so I was not at the border, um, but I was and we went. We did go and visit the refugee camps. Okay. And so, How far away from the borders are they? Are they transporting like way inland or... The one we visited it was about 25 miles from the border. Okay. And so what happens is is along between the 25-mile camp where we were at to their border are just tents and, and communities of people who make it over the border and just drop everything and hunker down because they have nowhere to go. Right. They made it into the Turkish country and they have nowhere to go. Right. And so if you're not familiar with the area, Turkey is the... The right-hand side of the Mediterranean, mm-hmm. um, right up against Greece and uh, those Eastern European countries. You got the Black Sea, you got the Mediterranean. Right. And then Turkey's here. And then, and then you have the... So the, the countries that we're talking about, we're talking about Syria, mm-hmm. which is having serious problems. We're talking about uh, Iran, Iraq, uh, Armenia, Azerbaijan, Georgia. I'm looking at a map here to cheat. Um, but those countries there that have been... Former Soviet states, and then just mayhem with the fighting. And, and and I know, I mean, hopefully people know, you know, through our interactions with Iraq over the last couple of decades, that even though you're, you know, Muslim, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you love all Muslims. I no. mean, there's there's factions within there, and the people don't do Extremist, well. And yeah. and we just know that, uh, you know, the, our country finally acknowledged the Turkish genocide that happened with the Armenians. And so that area is not known for its long-time peaceful, it's not peaceful love and hug stuff. No. What is the attitude of the Turkish people for all these immigrants coming in? Um, so I actually actually had quite a few conversations with Turkish, our Turkish guides and our, the people that we got to talk to about that very question what is your feelings towards these these groups of people fleeing for their lives and they said listen we want to help them we want to help these people however we don't have the money or mm-hmm. the ability to help these people and they said when we agreed as a world like they came together all these countries came together and said okay turkey is going to do this they're going to open the borders and all these countries pledged to give their money to help Turkey with these refugees and help mm-hmm. place them and help get them places. 
they haven't shown up with their money. Mm. And so Turkey is at the point now where they have millions, literally millions and millions of refugees. They can't support them. And now the general population's feeling towards the Turkish pop or the out, outlying not Turkish population right. is one of not kindness. They're, 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 they don't want them there anymore. They want right. them out. Yeah, right. And um, was this a, a UN Action? Yeah, it okay. was. It so it's was, done through the UN, not just a couple of handshake deals with. No, it was. It was after. official. We're all like, you okay. know, all these countries are like, yeah, we know that this is a problem. We know they're funneling into Turkey specifically. We'll help you out. Yeah. Um, so, how much did you know about all this before you went? Were you up I didn't on know it? any of it? No. So, I what mean, were you thinking going to Turkey? What was? I knew a little. So let me rephrase that. I knew a little bit from my military past. I, I've known that that part of the world has always been a little bit um, uneasy. But when I went, I didn't know the history. I didn't know the numbers. I didn't know the need until I went. Mm-hmm. And so when I got there, I was flabbergasted. And then I started asking questions and learning firsthand from these people who have witnessed it. And it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And. Um, when you went, you weren't originally. I mean, you. This was a last minute thing mm-hmm. for you. You were put into a uh, a slot that was there, and then the person who was going to go was not able to go anymore. And so it was like all of a sudden now, okay, get you your passport it, yeah. and pack your bags. Let's go. Yeah. Um. So, flying over there, I know that it's. I try not to have expectations, but I also am a person that just anticipates, and 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 I I have some. I I always tell people expectations are premeditated disappointments mm-hmm. but what what was your reality compared to your expectations you're flying over on and i'm guessing it's a fairly long flight going was it direct oh, yeah. no. to istanbul no. or go london to or germany I or no mm, i think it was gosh i can't remember it was so long ago i think we went to georgia and then from georgia hop straight over it was only like one we only had one the layover. country of georgia or the state of georgia state of georgia okay you know, in the United States, and then we went over. So that was only one layover that we had. Okay, so, so as you're flying and thinking, what am I going to see and how is this going to be compared to flying back? What was it, the, how, how did those two realities mesh? You're, you're going into an expectation and the reality of what you saw and experienced, how did they It was connect? much more pleasant than I thought it would be because I went in with bad expectations, okay. being a female, being white going into a 99.9% Muslim country and being a Christian. Uh-huh. And so I wasn't expecting the kindness that I saw towards me, and I wasn't expecting um, how friendly the people were. Was this an open Christian delegation that was going, or no. was it a quiet Christian, it or was, was a it quiet. a secret Christian? Yeah, we were not allowed to say that we were Christians. Okay. Um, like when we had our meetings as a team with all of the pastors, they were behind closed doors. We asked all of the servers to leave the room. Okay. So we never talked about why we were there openly. Okay. Um, and did you uh, wear head covering and whatnot? No. Or? Okay. No, and ironically, most of them didn't. Most of the women weren't covered there. Yeah, most of the women in your delegation or the people. No, the in, in the country. Okay. And so, the, and I asked. And they're not about as that. hard line. No, yeah. It, it's not a, a, a. The Turkish government is not. Yeah. Um, a theocracy is that correct? It's not no. not a, a Muslim government. It's a government with Muslim people, but just like we're not a Christian government where you have to be Christian to be right. In it. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. And so, and then when I asked, I asked a couple of different people, I'm like, listen, I thought everyone was going to be covered. I thought, you know, and they said, oh no, those are the people who live out in the country, like in, in the city of Istanbul, Okay. you know, where people from all over the world flood into Istanbul because it's beautiful. Um, it's a very liberal, very open-minded, very great, Yeah, metropolitan, great, cosmopolitan They're city. like, you have your, your more stringent, your more um, extremist live out in the country. So, yeah, if you go out to the country, be covered. Okay. But here in our cities, we don't, we're very liberal. All right. How long were you there? Uh, ten days. Ten days. Yeah. Um, all of it, boots on the ground working? No. Nope. Uh, what? No. Uh, actually, most of it was meetings. Um, so we... What we did is we met with missionaries that were put into Turkey. However, the, they're people that are not known as missionaries. Okay. And so um, they met with us privately, and we talked about the need of what what is the need of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we went to visit the um, refugee camp, it wasn't under the premise of Christians. It was under the premise of we'd like to build a school here. Okay. We'd like to provide a need that we know that you guys need. Right. Um, and basically the thought process is, is because they, they don't like open Christianity. That's mm-hmm. going to get you in trouble. Right. Uh, the one Christian church we visited had steel bar doors and, and like locks and security at the doors because they were, they've been bombed before. Right. And so they, even though they don't force Muslim on you, everyone's Muslim. Right. And, and they don't like Christianity is is the Christian that's left there. Is it still an Orthodox Christianity, Greek, Russian Orthodox type uh, thing, or is it the Christianity just so hidden that you don't really even? Yeah, it's see so it? hidden okay. that you don't even see it. How did that uh, play with you going in as a pastor to have to kind of keep it under your vest? Uh, the your your faith did that okay, no, bother so you for, or no, so, it's funny for me it didn't bother me at all I think that for uh, maybe some other different personality types it would but I've always believed that they're gonna know who you are by the way you act and the things that you say and if someone comes to me and they're they're like Heather you're always kind which I would love it if that happened someday but I'm working on it. Uh, if it, like if they know you by your actions, they're going to come to you and they're going to want to know why you're so happy, why you're so like, why are you so giving and kind? And that's what I'd rather have than being in your face saying this is the Bible and this is what you need to believe. Right. Yeah. I I, I have and and I feel that same way. I don't like it when you know, as Christian missionaries, we'll go into a country that do not want us there. And I, I'm not saying that means we shouldn't be there, mm. but that we go and people are like, well, you know, we're just going to do this and, and, and beat people over the head with it because it's the truth and it's the gospel. And, you know, it says, go spread the gospel everywhere. So that's what I'm going to do. It's, you know, Jesus didn't crack people over the skull Mm -hmm. with faith, with the exception of the people who already had the faith, Mm -hmm. he corrected them, but everybody else, he went to go show love and a different way. And I really believe that sometimes we miss the mark when we get so belligerent in our faith and feel like we're not being true to it. If we're not screaming, you know, with a bullhorn and, and that can save some people, but I think it's a small minority that yeah. gets saved by force. So one of the missionary couples we met there had opened up a teen center in a neighborhood that was very poverty stricken. And what they do is they open up the teen center and they do tutoring for the kids. They do game nights for the kids. They do movie nights. They'll bring food in for the kids cause they don't have food. And what they're doing is providing a need. 
And then what they do have is when people come to them and they're like, hey, you know, why are you here? When they start searching out those answers, mm-hmm. that's when they say, you know, yeah, well, listen, we have this Bible study on, at this day, at this time, if you'd like to join us. Right. And that's how they work it there in Turkey. Right. What they do is they go in and they provide a need, form a relationship, and then if people are open to it, exactly the message. Exactly. Yeah. Come in and, and, and win them with love. Yeah. Yeah. And which kind of feeds into our song of the week, which is by We the Kingdom, it's uh, Child of Love. So I'm going to give um, people 90 seconds of Child of Love from We the Kingdom, and we'll be back to talk about that and about uh, what you might be able to do to uh, help out in this situation in Turkey and the Middle East. So here's 90 seconds of We the Kingdom with Child of Love. And I saw lightning from heaven And I've never been the same I'm gonna climb a mountain I'm gonna shout about it I am a child of love I found a world of freedom I found a friend in Jesus I am a child of love I felt the steam of the fire But I saw you in the flames Just when I thought it was over You brought me out of the flames I'm gonna climb a mountain I'm gonna shout about it I am a child of love I found a world of freedom I found a friend in Jesus I am a child of love yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I am a child of love That is really super good because I love We the Kingdom and it is also uh, done with uh, Bear from Need to Breathe and I love me some Need to Breathe too so it's just a nice little mashup of people. What stood out to you on this one, PH? You know, I really enjoyed it when they were singing, I, you know, I found a world of freedom and I found a friend in Jesus. Mm. You know, I didn't, I didn't have true freedom until I found my faith and that really, that really speaks to me. Yeah, and if you want to hear more about that, go back and look in the archives. Uh, we talk about Heather and her her coming to Jesus uh, story, which is just quite uh, awesome as well. For me, I always it probably my codependency or my my uh, doubtfulness of my abilities and, and worthiness. But I just love the the bridge. Nothing can change the way you love me. Nothing can change the way I belong to you. Mm-hmm. And and that's a huge thing for me because I feel like so often I I feel like I have to fight for worth and. Uh, to prove myself and I know that I don't and with Christ you know it's there and no amount of mess ups or goof ups or any of the rest of that kind of nonsense is going to make that um, be a problem so uh, so I love that. I was just noticing as I was looking at this I completely forgot to tell the people our word of the week and I feel like a big bazooka head before we skedaddle, I'm going to tell you that it is skedaddle, uh, which <laughs> means to move really uh, rapidly or to, to run away, to scram. Um, so uh, we're going to skedaddle from this song and get back to talking because I know 
Heather has to skedaddle to an appointment later, so I can't keep her forever. So Heather, you went, you're there 10 days, you talked to people, you saw things. What was the biggest uh, light bulb, aha type moment for you on the trip? Okay, so we went to, we went to a, a, a group meeting or whatever with a church, a, a, a private church, and they brought in refugees from mm. um, Iran. And the they were three women who um, spoke about how when they came over, that how people were treating them and how they were treating them kindly. And when they started talking to these people and getting to know them, that they found out that they were Christians. And they actually left their Muslim faith and mm. became Christians. And so firsthand, what, what I got to see with my own eyes and got to talk to were these women who very well could be killed because of the choice that they have made, right. wearing openly crosses, necklace mm. crosses. Like I was told not to wear any yeah. religious jewelry at all when I was there. And these women from Iran are wearing these these crosses and talking about how they came to know the love of Jesus. And for me, that was the understanding moment of we are making a difference. That what we do does work. What we do does help. Yeah. Do you did you get a chance to really sit down and have any conversations or it was mostly just passing high, you know, two minutes over a cup of coffee kind of thing. No, yeah, it was, so each woman got up and told and shared her story. And so we didn't get to have private conversations per se with them. No. Is it harder, do you think, for the women to make that change than for the men because of the stature yeah. of a woman? Or is it maybe a little easier because they don't have any status, so it's not as big of a a, a thing? And yeah, I, I think it's it's extremely hard. It is extremely hard because if if a man is converted, then his whole family will typically follow. Mm-hmm. And in the Muslim tradition and in the Middle Eastern or tradition, that is, if if the dad the man of the house says this well, is even what here we're, in America, we yeah. have those stats that you know you get the dad to come They're, to Jesus, the whole and family, family is going comes. to yeah. right. And so for women, no, the fear is is actually real. I mean, it sounds so dramatic, but it's actually very real. These women could be killed for what they've done and yeah. what they've said they believe in. Um, how was that as a, I, I know we've talked about you being a female in the pastor realm and the difficulties that you have just here in America. Do you feel like as a female being there that it was, that for female Muslims coming in, that it is better to have females on the front line there so they can have some they can connect with? Because my, under, my, my assumption would be that they aren't going to go to a man as readily mm-hmm. Uh, there won't be a trust level. There right. will be a more of a fear just because of the hierarchy that's been ingrained. The dominance, yeah. Do we need to have more women there, do you think, doing you know, this kind of thing? I would, uh, unless they were going to be in one of the big cities like Azir or um, Istanbul, um, I would not tell any woman to go over there by herself. And I mean, what I do see as being very productive though are husband and wife teams. Mm-hmm. Because what you're saying is, is okay, because what you're doing is you're blending into their culture of of, of a man being over the female, mm-hmm. protecting her, giving her what she needs, and so they're not going to bat eye. Whereas if a young female college um, missionary comes in, everyone's going to bat eye at that. They're going right. to be like, "Why is she here?" Really suspicious. Right. Okay. So, um, so yes, I do think having women there 
on the mission field is very necessary. Yeah. But at the same time, in wherever, whatever part of the world you're in, you have to address it to that world and that culture. Right, you have to assimilate to a certain yeah. extent, yeah. Um, which I don't think is, you know, I, I think a lot of times assimilation gets a bad rap, that word, because it means you're, you're selling out or you're watering down your faith. But I think that it, you know, we need to go and be part of them before they can. Oh, gosh, yeah. 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 Before they're going to come and be part of us. Um, when, when I worked in college, I worked in a special ed school. And I know the first few days or weeks that I was there, I always came home heavy hearted and sad just for the plight of these people. And after a while, I, I stopped seeing the difference and I just saw them as as people and what did you have that experience where when you went there that there's just this sadness for the plight of these refugees did you were you able to get past that so you could do the work uh, not saying necessarily become callous to it but just where it's like that's not the thing that's overwhelming all the time so you can actually move on and, and think better or did it remain sad the entire time no and so funny thing i, I wasn't sad at all and I think it's because of my history. I've already been in the Middle East. I've seen Middle Eastern culture okay. and I understand it. Um, probably a little bit different because there was nobody else in this pack that I went with of other pastors that none of them had served on military or active mm. duty. Mm-hmm. And so for me, what I've seen is my heart and desire once I went there wasn't, oh, I'm so sad or overwhelmed by what I was seeing. It was, okay, so what are we going to do? Jump in. And, like, let's yeah. jump in. How are we going to help? What's the best way to help? Where uh, was your military experience or not experience but where were you militarily uh in that region what areas had you seen mm-hmm. so i went to some very beautiful places in the middle east one was bahrain okay which is not i mean it's not hostile at all uh one was kuwait which at the time was in 1996 so it was a little hostile at that point okay. still not much but still and then I was on the border of Afghanistan, uh, which was probably the most um, worrisome trip that I went on. How did this compare to those, especially like to Afghanistan, Kuwait? How did this compare in terms of the experience with the people or? Okay, so once again, um, Bahrain is very liberal, very open. However, you do see the social. And by classes. liberal, I'm guessing you don't mean like San Francisco, Portland. Oh no, liberal. You mean no. For the area, like you will see women not covered. Right. That's what I mean yeah. when I say liberal. Yeah. Uh, more so in Bahrain because you have uh, a little bit more of the upper class of the Middle East. They have their their women are covered much more in Bahrain actually than they were when I was in Turkey, um, but. I had very little interaction with the public in Kuwait because it, as military, we were told to stand base and not go out. Right. We, weren't, were we weren't there to sightsee. Always see. in uniform. Always in uniform, right. and we were there for business. Now in Afghanistan, I, I, we were openly spit on. We were People hated us, uh, did not want us there. And so every day our camps were being bombed. Every day. When were you in Afghanistan? In. This was in 2003. Okay, so after 9-11. 9-11. And where America was being very aggressive at that time. Right. Right. And so um, it was not well-liked. And so that was very hostile. And once again, 99% of the time, unless I was doing a convoy, I was on base. Okay. So, So what impact can we have on these people? Has, has anything changed? Um, did Are you aware of like 
with COVID and lockdowns and whatnot, the plight of mostly, I'm guessing, Syrian refugees, mm -hmm. what, what has changed, what can change, what can we do mm. as just, you know, people sitting here in our comfy houses listening on our fancy iPhones to a podcast? So talking to friends that I have over in Turkey that I formed on this trip, they've said things have gotten so much worse in the last year. And the reason being is that the panic induced by the pandemic, which has affected all the countries, especially um, poverty, third world countries who do not have have medical health care who don't have the ability to get a vaccination um they're all freaking out and they're trying to go to these countries that do mm -hmm. so they they if they get sick they can have medical attention or they're trying to take their sick and bring them out of the country to get help and it's just this totally it's just pandemic like not like virus pandemic but it's people just skedaddling yeah. across nice. the border Good and job. being crazy you know and so sadly it's gotten so much worse where it just it's like all these people are are just going everywhere trying to get help from anyone and they're not getting it yeah so so what 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 hope can we offer oh okay so this is the things i would love to to plug uh the exodus project so if you want to learn more about the exodus project all you have to do is go online and www.exodus.com and it talks about what we're doing specifically and what we're doing is going into turkey and trying to since turkey has been the country that's been hit the hardest with refugees what we're trying to do is go in and provide jobs provide um training skills so that they can go get a job um give them food and then our biggest one is providing schools for the children so that they get educated and better themselves and move forward. Okay. So what we do is we are always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for people who want to do a missions trip. We're always looking and grateful for any kind of money that anyone wants to donate to help fund these projects. But right now what we're doing is actually building school buildings and, and trying to get these kids an education. Okay. And are the, will these schools be, and I'm completely ignorant of the education, will they be a private school uh, that, that gets built or is it a school that's like then given to the community or is it a school mm -hmm. on a refugee camp so it's just like... It's a school on a refugee camp okay. strictly for refugee children and what they're doing is they're bringing in American teachers to teach. And are they teaching them in their native language or are they teaching yes. them in Turkish or are they teaching them in English? Both. So what they're doing is teaching them English, but also they have people who are fluent in that. So what the problem is, is that multiple dialects come in, right? right. And so in America, we have accents. They don't have accents. They literally have different dialects and, and languages within one country. Right. And so what they do is they bring in as many people as possible to who can speak multiple languages. Right. And so they'll bring in teachers from Turkey. They'll bring in teachers from wherever to help. But then they also have American teachers there too. Cool, cool. So um, it sounds like overall this was an experience that you were blessed with. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, yes. It was amazing. And if, if you just had one last thing to say about your trip, what would that be? Don't be fooled by the ignorance that the news feeds you. Go and experience the world. Go and visit these people because... I found nothing but love when I was there. Mm. And I was so afraid of what I was going to experience or be treated like. And it was the complete opposite. And I know that I was in what they would call a very liberal part of Turkey. Right. But it was a beautiful country with beautiful people and great hearts. And, and they do want to help. 
but they can't. They don't have the ability to. Yeah. And so go and see the world and don't trust what people are feeding you. Yeah. Go and show the love of Jesus to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And, and I've been wanting to do this now for over a year. So we finally did it. Yay us. Yay. Um, if, uh, if you want to learn more, don't forget to check out exodusproject.com. Uh, and you can learn more about that. Educate yourself always uh, because that is an important thing. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, don't forget to send an email, bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com or intern Dave. If you've got show ideas, you can do info at messituppodcast.com. Click on the Become a Patron button on our website, which is messituppodcast.com, and you can help out the show financially for as little as $1 a month. Those are tax-deductible donations now, so uh, you'll be getting giving statements at the end of the year. So go check that out. Uh, and if you're feeling froggy, you know, you don't have to stop at a dollar. We have several people who are giving $50 or more a month. So we really appreciate all of you patrons for doing that. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time we mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Yeah.